Welcome back, everybody. Today, I'm here with Allie McLaughlin. Allie, you want to give yourself a quick little intro and uh, we'll go from there. Hi. Yeah. Um, I'm a trail runner from um, Colorado Springs, but um, I'm currently traveling in my van with my golden retriever. We're in Arizona. Um, I just joined the Hoka team and I'm really looking forward to the season. Nice. And you're with on previously, right? I was. Yes. Yeah. So why are you down here in uh, Arizona? Of all oh gosh, multiple reasons, but I'd probably say the top one is to get out of the cold. <laughs> um, uh, I love Colorado dearly, but um, I'm realizing I like to run in warm weather a lot more. Uh, and like, I still take it easier, but um, yeah, so I came down here. I also did Tarawera in New Zealand a couple weeks ago, and which was fairly warm, and I chose to do that so I could qualify for OCC. And um, so I was like, if I'm going to get decent training in for a 50K, I need to actually be running outside long miles. Um, yeah, so we came down here. I also do some side work for Aravipa running here and there and their offices down here. So if there's opportunities or they need help, it's I'm close. So, yeah, that was kind of my all my motivations. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I don't blame you. Like, sometimes when I see these people in Boulder and other places, I'm like, how do you guys even train through the winter? Because this looks miserable. Well, and I used to do it in high school, and I don't know what happened to me. I just don't have the uh, don't have the will anymore. Um, but yeah, no, they're rocking it out out there. But it's like it was negative temperatures the other day, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad at the decisions I make. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did my long run on Saturday simply because it was going to be like 45 versus 65 yes, and I was like yes. uh, yeah I'm gonna I'm a fair weather runner <laughs> I guess <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah I want to talk to you a lot about um like short distance trail running like basically anything like sub ultra or even sub marathon and then also your jump into marathons because like you were saying you just barely did Tarawara 50k and I think a lot of people know the 100k because it's like a western states golden ticket race um but you went over there and ran the 50k so what was that like running the 50k in a New Zealand winter versus an American winter. Wow. Um, it was, I mean, I think I, being in Arizona, it like felt the same to me. It was, uh, it was very similar to a Arizona winter, but, um, but yeah, but timing wise, I usually don't run that much at this time of year, like ever. Um, but luckily Tarawera is so flat in, in comparison to something like, Chamonix and stuff and so it was a very we were done in I think my time was 343 and so um that's still a long time for me to be running like my longest run I really only did one long run this year um it was like two and a half hours but um yeah it it was definitely a new thing to like be training that long but uh you just I just kind of like did it like it's like it's what you got to do <laughs> and um and because it was flat, like I wasn't out there forever. Um, yeah, it went really, really well. It was beautiful. Uh, like I said, in a lot of ultras, like even 50Ks, especially OCC, you're hiking so much. Um, and this, I think I hiked like two or three steps. Like I consciously like like made a note of that. And we were we were running like seven, six forties. Um, it was, I, I enjoy that a ton because I like to run rather than hike if I can. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like how much vert is actually on that course? I've been, I went out there a couple of years ago and I was in the area for like five weeks for a film shoot. And so we ran certain sections of the trail, but like most of it, in my opinion, was non-technical and super, super runnable. 
Yeah. It's either like smooth trails or um or dirt roads. Okay. And I'll be honest, I am the worst. I do not get into analytics. I just <laughs> I I go in very blind in most things. I think Mount Marathon is the only thing I actually studied um when I ran that in Alaska. But everything else, it gets in my head too much. But I'm pretty sure it was fifteen hundred meters. Cause I remember I do remember like I have photographic memory of the map. Um so I believe yeah, so forty five hundred feet for the uh, whole race. Okay, nice yeah. and result. Which actually like, sounds like it sounds like a fair amount, actually. An amount, yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be. I could be wrong then, but <laughs> you know, uh, I'm gonna look it up right now just because. Okay, let's do just it. Because yeah. we have the internet at our fingertips, <laughs> it'll probably take me forever to find it, and then I'll feel like an idiot. Here, I might be able to search a little fast too. It's probably just on your Strava. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, I wore an old watch and I haven't uploaded it yet. But um. Okay. Uh. Terra fifty k. Yeah, it says um. Oh, that's a different route. Never mind. No, no. Yeah, like fifteen hundred feet. Uh, or fifteen hundred meters, I should say. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, that's a fair amount of climbing for a fifty k. Like it's not speed go by any means, but that's still a lot of climbing. Yeah, I now that like you know it's about half of what Broken Arrow is, which Broken Arrow feels like a ton. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, but something about it was like rolly and like gentle, and you just felt like you were, yeah, we could move. Yeah, and sea level too, right? Yeah, that too. I forget about that. For sure. <laughs> cool. Let's um let's take a couple steps back then and just kind of go through your running career because I think a lot of people and we were chatting about this before we started recording, but like in the states, it's like everyone's just like ultras, hundreds specifically, like kind of like the superlatives and like the extremes of like really really far running, like two hundred mile plus stuff. But there's just kind of like short distance trail running. A lot of people don't think about too much. So like when you're in high school, did you run? In college, you ran as well, right? Yeah, I ran at CU Boulder. I started running my junior year in high school um, and really fell in love with uh, cross country and stuff. And then I ended up getting a scholarship to CU and it was awesome. I struggled with injuries my the last like the last three years. So I really only had my first year um, and it is what it is. But I think trying to get through track every year and stuff it made me realize how much I like the trails. Um, I, and people always are like trail running, road running, track. To me, at that time, at growing up, like maybe not so much now because I'm immersed in the trail world and it is very different, but running is running. Like whether I'm going up a mountain or I'm on a road or a track, like it's all the same to me and I love it all. But then like I realized there definitely are different communities and competitions. And so struggling in college, I knew I just wanted to like be back on my trails and run up mountains. And the Pikes Peak Ascent and Marathon was always a thing in Colorado Springs. And, um, and I was like, oh, I'll do that. I would, like, in high school, I'd always see the newspaper and, like, pictures every August. And and so that was kind of like a thing. Well, once I get out of college, I can, I'll have the freedom to do that. And literally, yeah, I graduated the fall of 2013. And then 2014, I ran the Ascent, which happened to be um a world year it was like the world long distance championship so we did have other countries come in and um yeah and I won that and it was like it was super special wore the U.S. jersey and everything and I did some other races that year but it was hard because like yeah just um I think the focus was still on these longer races and people were always telling me oh you should go to Zagama or this or that but like 
I'm like, I can't, I'm not running that far. <laughs> like, not that I couldn't, but it was like, I was sure I'd get injured. I didn't train that far. It was just like, I did, I had no desire to. And so, yeah, I kept doing the short things. I did the, I would do the U.S. Mountain Champs every year that I was like healthy. I had a few years with hip surgery. Then I made it again in 17, 18, and then um, had some more injuries. And then 2020 happened and I kind of got back into running kind of during COVID and everything. And and then it led me to now, but, um, but yeah, to answer your question, like it, yeah, that short distance was really my thing. And there wasn't as much, I don't want to say opportunities, but for a big stage, it was kind of like you were limited. I thought, um, yeah, but then I went up in distance just a little bit and I think more attention has come down a little bit to like at least 50 Ks. You don't have to do a hundred and it's perfect. Um, but yeah, I really, um, I am thankful for COVID for that because I did, I was going to do the Pikes Peak Ascent in 2020, but that got canceled because they couldn't have people in, in shuttles coming down, but they still had the marathon that year and I was healthy and there weren't many, many races. So I was like, well, I guess I'll try the marathon. Like it was my first one and it's yeah, up and down Pikes Peak. And uh, it was quite the experience. I pretty much bought, I fell three times, had to get seven stitches. I bonked because I took no gel. Well, I had one gel going up, but I didn't have, I like didn't have any more. I ended up taking a Kahlua shot that I had with me as a joke. Um, so I finished third. I was leading for a long time, but um, like one of my best race memories and it showed me I could run a marathon, no problem. And then a 50K is just a little longer. And yeah, then I broke into like, that's my, like anything from like a five, k to 50k that's where i like to stay now <laughs> nice so pikes peak was your first marathon then right yeah yep. yeah and so what kind of races are you leading up to that like you mentioned like marathon champs or like um, shorter mountain running champs and stuff so like like what yeah, kind of distance were, is that um most of them are like 10 to 12 k okay. uh and then that same year i did let's see um kendall mountain um up in uh silverton it's an air viper race that's a 12 mile um yeah it was just like anything under half marathon um and then i did a couple road half marathons when i lived in nashville uh so i thought that was kind of anywhere from like yeah the u.s mountain champs were usually like 10k so yeah six to nice yeah so that's i think like like we've already mentioned but like just people in the u.s are so fixated on like longer distance stuff so like was what I guess the question would be like why did you jump from like a marathon to like a 50k distance because you've done three 50ks now and done fairly well yeah I'll be honest I'm a sucker for a little bit of attention <laughs> and, and not like that <laughs> but it's like oh everyone's like this UTMB is like a, such a big deal I'm like I want to be part of that and yeah they have shorter distances but the the big distances are the um the 100 miler the uh, is it ccc is 100k i think and then um occ the 50k and so i'm like well if i want to do like one of the prestigious ones i can at least try a 50 and um but you know what to be honest i don't think that was quite on my mind yet when i did my first 50k at broken arrow i had just been doing like oh cirque series is another good short distance they're like eight nine miles um happening and so i did a couple of those but i was this was 2021 i was just like having a rough year i was healthy but like races I just like did not feel good I wanted to drop out like most races within the first few miles I never did but it was just like and I wasn't placing well and 
all this stuff. And so like I did a circuit race and I got fourth and when I just like knew that wasn't my best and I was going to be going to Broken Arrow to work, to film. And they have the VK, uh, the 50K and the 26K. And I was going to be doing some contract work in, uh, for ATRA, the American Trail Running Association. And um, Nancy, who's in charge of that, she's like, well, do you want to, you can run too and still like still work. And so I was like, I couldn't decide. And I'd had a rough race. I was like, I'm going to do all of them. And like, part of it was like, oh, the more I run, the less I'll have to work. (laughs) (laughs) And I just was like frustrated with myself. Nothing like I wasn't like super fast. And I, I hadn't done many long things. I was like, I don't know. It was this weird feeling of like, I'm going to challenge myself to just see how much I can do. And I did all of them and came out healthy. I won the first two and then got eight in the um, 26, but just finishing and winning the 50 K was like, wow, it's something I've never done before. And I think that's maybe that's the natural progression. A lot of us take in running. I mean, we do, as we get older, we do start to go longer because we're not as fast, but I think it's so cool to do new things not saying I like ever want to do 100 but it's like just going up in distance was like really special um and and still being able to run hard that's where I'm at I'm like I will move up in distance as long as I can like keep a really good speed so I'm probably stuck at 50k for a very long time maybe forever but um (laughs) yeah and then so I think that I had enough points to get into UTMB and uh the uh, OCC and on was going as a team and I wanted to be a part of it and um yeah so signed up for OCC. <laughs> nice. And then uh, I guess so that was your second 50k then? Yes. OCC was, yeah. was a mistake. I <laughs> I mean of just like not not that I think I should have raced another 50k, but I think I should have like trained more longer stuff. Um but again, I'm I'm nervous of injuries with long stuff, but I'm realizing it's not always the long stuff that is going to hurt you. There's many other things that are contributing, so yeah, I've gotten a few longer runs in finally. <laughs> finally, yeah, I think those are pretty crucial for longer distance runs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then, how did uh, Tarawara go? Because you, so you won Broken Arrow, then you ran OCC, and then you went to Tarawara, and yeah, how was that? It went, it went really, really well. Um, I had Caitlin, uh, Fielder there. She has the record, and that's her home. And um, we raced uh golden trail series together so she definitely has speed but she's also done ccc so she has a huge range and um yeah she was we were together for the first few miles and then she was in sight for a very long time so she definitely it was awesome to have her pushing um but it was very like i don't i i'm still like trying to describe it that it just was felt good um i just got in a rhythm and didn't stop and uh, I mean the last few miles always because you know you're close and you're like okay wait I thought I was there um but other than that I felt really good the rest of the race like energy wise I because of what happened because of bonking at um OCC I'm a little more conscious of like of how to avoid that whether it's like should I have trained longer or and nutrition and stuff but it was a cloudy day in Tarawera and it was like perfect temperature um we didn't even have to carry mandatory gear which was like the coolest thing for me I don't like wearing a vest with like things everywhere so um just got to wear my crop top and I actually only had one gel the entire race and uh 
because of yeah it was cloudy and fast um yeah I it didn't it was easy like I don't want to say it was an easy race but it was easy in that like there weren't too many issues that happened <laughs> so in your three hour 40-ish 50k you took one gel yeah well okay so I'm careful who I say this and then here I go like blasting on a podcast because I don't want people to be like oh that's not healthy but I hung out with Zach Miller the whole like three days before and he had a anyone who knows him knows he can like eat 24 hours a day and so we like had some like super good meals and a lot of meals and I just like I feel like I fueled so well the days leading up that I don't know. I mean, I've kind of been conscious of that anytime I do over a marathon of like really before eating extra and well, but um, yeah, I, I really contribute to just being able to be energized through the whole race of hanging out and eating with Zach Miller. <laughs> <laughs> like the perfect duo right there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Well, let's, um, let's backtrack a little bit because I'm really curious about that because like I was telling you before, like I've been watching a lot of the Golden Trail World Series videos. Um, like I think they just put out the last one, right? For yep, the year. Yeah. Yeah. And like if people haven't watched those, they're super fun to watch, like really entertaining, but then also just it's a different level of a, of athleticism. That sounds kind of weird when I say that. Um, than say like hundred milers. Like they're both very intense, but in different ways. And it was cool to see that and like the show they put together or the series is incredible. So like oh, what were you gonna say? Oh no, yeah, I I agree with you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, like, there's a lot of names that, like, I don't know. And the people, they're just like, they're super solid runners. I'm like, I've never heard of this person before. And it's because they're mainly like sub ultra events. But like, fueling for like, um, I don't know, say whatever, um, Zagama or Pikes Peak or something. So all these sub ultra races or even like Flagstaff, Sky Peaks. Um, like, you see a lot of people out there and they don't even bring a handheld, they have nothing. So, like, what is fueling and hydration like on a shorter, like, sub-distance, really fast, intense race like that? Yeah, it's it's just not as crucial. Like, I think you can get through a two-hour, three-hour race without anything. I think the biggest thing, if it's hot, is then, I, like, for me, I'm not – I can go a really long time without water. I can go, like – I actually don't drink as much as most people just throughout the day even. But – um if it's a hot day uh like if it's anything over like half marathon on a hot day I definitely will take like water or um and tailwind which I think I made a mistake in OCC with um thinking I could get through but then it was a huge climb in the heat and it took a lot longer than I thought in my head but anyways back to golden trail series you really I mean for me like I uh flagstaff I took I think I took two gels with me, one gel, and didn't even open either of them. And it's kind of like, I think, I'm sure it wouldn't have hurt to take it. But also, when I'm moving so fast, I'm just like, I don't really, it's not that I like don't want to take the time. It takes like two seconds to just bite it open. But I'm like, I feel good right now. Like, I'm moving. My stomach feels good. My legs feel good. Like, I just... I don't think I need this right now and I don't want it to mess anything up. <laughs> Not, and it never has, but, um, but I think sometimes when I do take stuff, okay, this is really weird, but I heard someone else say it. I was like, I kind of agree with you, but like, if I take something, I think my body wants more of it. And then, and then it's like, gets in this cycle of like, oh, I only brought two, but now I like want more or something. So if I just don't even like deal with it and just have stuff before the race, um, 
like I do I used to not eat breakfast um before races or before runs I like to just run first thing I've really changed I don't know why um but yeah I usually always have something to eat usually like yogurt and toppings or banana or whatever and so if I can like eat an hour before the race I think that carries me through just fine and and it's less mental work of like oh what should what time should I eat <laughs> like during the race Definitely. So yeah, I like I did take so yeah all of Golden Trail Series uh final the five-day race I mean I only did three of them but they were all pretty short uh the last day was 18 miles and it was pretty hilly but they were all rain it was rainy overcast like good weather I did have a gel on that last day on the 18 mile run and um I'm glad I did I never bonked or anything and but it was the intensity like I I think it was necessary to take one yeah so so 18 miles is like I'm just assuming a fair amount of vert because it's Madeira right yes yeah Yeah. I have no idea on numbers on that one but yes we went from from the beach well we started a little higher but we ended at the beach but went way up to the highest point and fun shawl and yeah it was a lot so you took one gel do you any like sort of like supplementation as far as sodium and that sort of thing and hydration or what did you do? Um, I did have a, yes, I had a um, small flask. And again, I didn't pull that out till like the last few miles. Once we got down, like once we kind of hit pavement, it got really hot. And so I was able to just like take a few sips and yeah, not get like a dry throat or anything, but I have not experienced, and this is just naive, me being naive of not doing ultras yet, but I don't, I've never done like yeah, salt tabs or anything. Um, Morton is my go-to gel and it's worked and that's what I stick with. <laughs> that's super interesting because I feel like, and I've talked about this before in other shows, but like when I first started running, it was like, you're doing a 50k, so eat as much as you can because you need all the calories. And now it's like, yeah, you don't really need like 5,000 calories on a 50K. You can do it on almost nothing, it seems. Yeah, like. yes. And so when I told Zach about that, he was like, that's, oh, you have to tell so many people about this. I was like, no, I don't. Like, I don't want to be, like, not, they're like, not that I'm worried about people are going to like take a strategy. I'm just like, I don't know if it's the best for everyone. But um, but then then he started thinking, he was like, I mean, to be honest, I this was Zach talking. He's like, yeah, I could probably do that 50 K loop in Terrawera on a gel. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm not like totally crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. Like just how different people are built too. Cause like everyone's sweat rate as far as like sodium loss is so different and like temperature and like how like fat adapted you are, but it's normal diet, all these different factors play into that. And it's interesting. Absolutely. And that's why like, I think it's good to talk about, but I think it's also good to just really focus on what makes you feel good because bodies are so different yeah i was listening to a thing this morning i was just i I do a lot of research into like hydration and fueling and there was a cyclist i think from england is what it was or the uk somewhere and he was doing 120 grams of carbs an hour on his bike wow so it it was pretty wild that you could consume that much but he's like and his watt output was huge but i'm like there's no way i could do that while running especially like 120 grams an hour is like that's well, and of carbs too. That's not just calories. Like 100 calories an hour would be pretty easy. That's oh, yeah. like a gel. Like actual carbs. Wow. Yeah. Man. I feel like you, they, I would need like an IV. <laughs> yeah, for real. Just like slowly dripping into your blood or something the entire yeah. time. Like I just can't imagine like eating that much. Like maybe it's easier on a bike though because you're not like sloshing around as much. But still, that's still a lot of carbohydrates. 
Yeah, yes. And then talking about eating, like, sometimes I just have to tell myself, like, I'll just, like, put the gel in my mouth and then, like, just run, swallow, and just <laughs> not even think about it. And I'm like, it, just do it. It's fine. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I've learned tricks to just get it down the hatch. <laughs> <laughs> are you uh, open to share those or are they uh, personal? Oh, no, it's just, <laughs> I, I shouldn't say I have tricks. I just... um. Uh, well that's what's nice about morn you can it's not like it's just like since it's like gelatin you just swallow it versus like the other ones which are fine but it's more goo so you kind of you taste it longer i feel like or it's just in your mouth um but i'll but sometimes like sometimes i do get into like the longer 50ks it is fun to like because sometimes you don't want to eat, but it's fun to have like flavors that are gonna like, oh, get you excited. And so um, I remember, even though I mostly do Morton, I had one of those like cocoa uh, berry spring ones. And I, mm-hmm. on the second loop of Broken Arrow, I legit got hungry. I've never been hungry in a race. And I opened that one and it hit the spot. <laughs> and, that was so fun. and then at OCC, I did the same thing, but it was hot and it was so gross. So I didn't really finish it, but I did pack margarita goo. And, like, my joke was, like, I'm going to have my afternoon cocktail at five hours. (laughs) And let me tell you, it was very hot and disgusting as well. So I need to talk to some ultra runners of, like, hey, how do you keep your gels, like, at a temperature that's not disgusting (laughs) um, when it's hot weather? So, yeah. I think the trick is just just finding ones that just don't taste like garbage. Maybe, yes. Yeah, because not to dog on some of these brands, but some of them, like, whether they're warm, cold, hot, they taste like crap. And you, <laughs> you don't even look forward to eating it. Totally. And I, I think, for me, I think Morton is fine at any temperature. It's just kind of, like, sweet. So that's why, and I love the caffeine, caffeinated ones. Um, yeah, it's just, like, after Broken Arrow, I think I had five in that race. And, which was, like, a ton for me, I thought. And, like, I was just, like, so sick of all any like I just had it just like grossed me out so I couldn't do gels or Morton for a long time after that but there's no need to because I didn't race anything (laughs) but yeah I just can't overdo one kind or it ruins it (laughs) yeah I've been experimenting with the precision hydration gels and and I really like them because they they just have like a neutral like marshmallowy taste they don't have like berry or whatever it's just straight up like this marshmallow flavor and like I actually look forward to eating them and it's like kind of bad because I feel like I could just like slurp those down all day (laughs) okay yes (laughs) that's what I was saying about in these shorter races I'm like I think I do better off not even like opening a gel because otherwise it becomes like a habit which I don't think is gonna hurt you but it's like I'd rather just stay focused and run and eat well after yeah I definitely think that like proper hydration and eating the day beforehand even that morning of and then after it just really helps like in general so much I'm a big proponent of that like I'm not overly worried about like oh I have to eat the same thing before race or anything but just having like a good amount um I think two days out I kind of learned that in college I think that's the like real good day um yeah but just making sure you're getting like so I have a theory about that too when I was flying to Madeira um, I was supposed to get there like two days before the race. Well, I had delay after delay after missed flight after canceled flight. I showed up at like 
two, I think we landed at like 1230 a.m. I got to the hotel and finally in bed around 230 a.m. And the first race was at 9 a.m. the same day. <laughs> and so I like just barely made made it. But in hindsight, because of all those delays, I had time to actually go to like a restaurant in the airport or a restaurant in town. Like I had, yeah, I went to so many places. It And so I actually ate really well rather than being in an airport and just like having granola bars jumping on the next flight. Um, And so I think that like time traveling of eating really well, good meals, I think actually like carried through the rest of the week of being prepared. So I always try to find like reasons stuff happen. (laughs) It was funny when I was watching the Golden Trail series videos and they talk about that. And like, oh, you're just like flight delayed and jet lagged and just like, I don't know. I don't forget what you said about it. You're just like really tired. And they made a comment about your phone because you have your giant, whatever <laughs> iPhone you had or whatever. It's like yes. so massive. You had to carry that with you. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, how do you go out and like win a race on zero sleep after traveling? And you have like this massive brick with you. <laughs> <laughs> my massive brick. Yes. So I would love to talk about that real quick. A, <laughs> I, it, yes, it was a mess and it was funny. However, and I I like that people like gave me credit for it, but it was actually, I, I've prepared for this for many years of my life. I, um, I worked when I worked in Nashville, well, I went, I moved to Nashville to do film, um, 2017 through 2019. And, uh, I ended up getting a pizza, worked at a pizza place to actually like make money while I was doing a bunch of free work. And, um, yeah. And so I would work till like 1am and then I'd run in the mornings. And so like, I was just used to staying up super late and then working out. And then also like I trained with my phone all the time. I like, it's just a habit. I carry it on all my runs. So this, it was really weird when that race started and I had to carry my phone because I didn't have a vest and it was required. I felt so comfortable. It just like, I was like, Oh, this is just, I'm just going on another run. And, uh, and I, yes, I've done many runs just hungover and sleepy. <laughs> so, uh, so I was like, in this weird way, I was like, this is my comfort space right now. Like I had no time to be nervous about the race. I just had to go. And, and I mean, this is bad to say, but I think people could agree that like, when you're in those situations, you kind of take the pressure off yourself. Cause you're like, you have an excuse if you need one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, oh, I performed terribly because my flight was delayed or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah. And then like once it got going, I would just had so much like pent up steam, I think. Like I I cried a few times on the way there, I think I was gonna miss it. And it was just like I was just like ready to burst and it carried through in the race. <laughs> Your body's just ready to rage after all this. Yes, crap totally. <laughs> exactly. I thought I was gonna crash afterwards. Like I was like and I did not run the next day and slept in pretty late. But um I was like, cool, this was fun. But I was like, oh my gosh, I think the rest of the week might go horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like that happens. Like sometimes it's like when I travel internationally, either that first run sucks or is really good. And then everything after that I'm just kind of like okay, these all suck because I'm just so exhausted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was worried about that. But um, but I'm, I love that you're watching the Golden Trail Series things because one of my favorite things about it is the people. Like, honestly, I wasn't, I had no plans to go to the final and then I did qualify, but still I was like, ah, oh, like it just hadn't been in my thoughts. But after hanging out with everyone at Pikes Peak and Flagstaff, I was like, oh yeah, I'll come just to like, party with you guys and then it ended up being this amazing running experience as well 
Yeah, they do look super fun. Like like some of the stuff they do with like Sarah Alonzo. Like she's oh just my a, gosh, like she, character. She is a boot. <laughs> so funny. Oh my gosh, very dramatic. Love her. I was actually roommates with her um, uh, in Madeira. <laughs> and I remember like one time she was like, oh, normally my roommates like like to go to bed early and I, and you're not even in the room when I go to, I don't even know where you go at night. <laughs> and I'm just, I was usually out just, I don't know, probably till like 11 or midnight you know in the town and stuff and yeah she was fun (laughs) (laughs) that's funny so if you like I don't know I'm assuming there's a lot of required gear um for golden trail events yeah they're not like super strict on it to be honest but it's similar to UTMB but not as crazy like um we need a phone a jacket and like um a bandage I think like one of the long self-adhesive bandage Mm -hmm. I think that was it so since you don't like wearing packs and stuff, are you wearing a belt or what do you, what's kind of your strategy? Um, I know I do wear a vest. I just, if I don't have to, it's great not to. Um, and then I do wear, uh, when I wear the vest, oh, it was just like, it was fine at UTMB, but like, I don't, I hate having like protrusions of like jackets <laughs> coming out the side and it's just, it, again, I didn't even notice it, but it's just like, I'm so used to running so freely that I'm like, oh, why do we need all this stuff? <laughs> Especially yeah. in like the 50K. It's like, I don't think I'm going to need a headlamp. But hey, I don't know. There's just things could happen. You might be out there all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of like, I don't know. On one hand, I'm like, yeah, required gear can be really helpful to like keep people safe. And I'm also like, eh, make your own decision. Be self-responsible. Like, <laughs> I know. And I got to remember, it's like, oh, these poor race directors, it's probably all liability. And yeah. Yeah. Um, and then like they claim they were like UTMB sometimes checks on course. And I think they actually did for the hundred once in a while. Like, I don't know. I heard stories from Zach, but I was like, if they check on the 50 K, like it, it, they really can't because it could cost you. I mean, that's, it's a fast enough race that like having to take your pack off and show them something. Um, yeah. So thank God that didn't happen. I don't know if they ever do, but, um, yeah, it would have, it could like cause placement issues. So I think they just check before and then it's an honor system. So. Yeah, no, that makes sense. At um at Moab 240 last year, I paced awesome. Jeff Browning. And the whole time I was freaking out about required gear. I'm like, oh, did I forget something? Because it says specifically in the, um, in like the rule book or whatever, that if your pacer doesn't have all the required gear, then your runner can be disqualified. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, what if I forget something and he wins? And then I don't have like, something stupid and he gets dq'd for it i was like i don't know i was kind of stressed out because normally oh, I i'd be very stressed yes yeah and like they never checked or anything we had all of our gear and we never had any issues but i was just like what if they check our packs at the end i'm like oh geez <laughs> yeah no especially when you're not even that or like if you're the pacer that caused it oh gosh i would die too <laughs> yeah you're like yeah i'm just gonna never pace again and probably leave the sport <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yeah. oh, so yeah. i don't know i've been thinking a lot about like just short distance training because like I've I'm not good at short distance stuff by any means but I do enjoy it like I've ran a few like air viper races um that are pretty short and then also some of the Cirque series events and like that sort of thing and like I enjoy it they're super fun because like you don't have to spend like two days out running you don't need like a crew and all this stuff it's like it's really easy logistically but like training wise like how does that different than say 50k training because I know it's like a lot of shorter distance running so like what's your long run like and what are some sort of workouts that you do yeah, great question. Um, well, first of all, I, you're so right. It's 
it's nice to be done before lunch rather yeah. than like I remember that was a comment of um at Kendall one of the ultra runners who ran it and he was like this is great we're done by lunch I'm not out there all night I'm like <laughs> yeah it's amazing but um yeah so I will say I I like have my training that I love and so I don't I haven't changed a ton for 50ks other than adding um like once a month a much longer run like 20 25 miles which I didn't normally do um but so I'll just say my long runs are Sunday and it, they're relatively like usually like 15 miles um again I'll try to get a 20 25 in there and then I do specificity um on I'm apologize let me just like <laughs> um I do specificity on Tuesday which is like half mile repeats um not like all out but pretty hard I'll do like six half mile repeats with a few minutes in between and that's not it's definitely not on a track or anything um and then the last one I did was at uh Suaro East on that paved loop I would just go hard for a half mile and easy for a half mile and just yeah it was one of my favorite workouts here um and then medium distance on Wednesday those are like 12 15 miles um sometimes flat or trails but sometimes um I really enjoyed South Mountain in Phoenix that was a good one um kind of technical but just like a good effort um and then Friday's tempo like five mile tempo um and yeah and so the days in between I usually take off or I just do an easy couple miles I my weekly mileage is usually around 40 lately which I think is actually when I talk to other people very low but um it it works I think the the key though that I I believe is just going running faster every day like or not progressively faster but just like your average pace is just you're not running as far so like I don't know maybe like my workouts are like six to ten miles but yeah but like on the medium distance run I run like 6 30 pace like on average if it's a flatter area if it's if it's technical maybe like 650 but I try to keep it under seven and it just like keeps you sharp and and that's what a pace that actually feels like a natural pace for me and um yeah and so I think that's why I like the shorter stuff is because I don't have to slow down like I don't have to pace myself I can just go my natural pace and and obviously I run faster in races, but, um, yeah, as soon as you get past 50 K, I feel like you have to be conscious about not blowing up. And, and so then I'm altering what feels good and yeah, but yeah, for, for shorter stuff, that's, those are my tips. <laughs> really? So your volume's like below 50 miles a week. Is that general yeah, or is that just actually, right now? Oh, uh, that's really normal. I don't think I hit 50 last year. I hit, okay. So when I first got to Arizona, um, this year um in middle of January I think that first week I hit 50 which was probably not smart because I had not been running much at all and uh, but it was just so perfect weather so much fun um and I remember counting it I don't regularly keep track I kind of just have a natural gauge of like what what's good but I counted it and I hit 50 I was like oh my gosh like first time in a long time I feel like um but yeah so I would but because I've, I am starting to think maybe I should bump it up to like, try to get 50 and try to run a little more on my easy days instead of just taking off. Um, I mean, things are working good, but you know, want to change a little up to be better. I don't want to change things and ruin it. Um, but yeah, 40 is like prime for me. If I can, there's some days I don't hit 40, 
some weeks I don't have 40, but usually, yeah, 40. And then I just, I had another thought that I was going to say about, um, about the mileage. Oh, even, okay. I just said I wanted to add in more runs on the easy days, but I'm also realizing my workouts, like I feel so good when I take those three days off the Monday, Thursday, Saturday. And I'm like, I feel like I'm getting a better workout in by not doing those easy five, six miles. And so it's like, maybe that's the reason I'm able to be sharper and faster again. Cause I'm not trying to like, I'm just totally resting instead of getting, which I call like, I mean, I don't think anything's junk miles. Like we love running, like everything's worth it, but yeah, I rather take a day off and go harder the next day than have to like relatively medium days. Yeah. That's yeah. Kind, of, kind of funny. Cause it reminds me of the whole like run slow to run fast thing that people always talk about. And I feel like all these articles are always writing that and like, it's total nonsense in my opinion. Cause it's like, and, and I know like they're saying like, just kind of block out your runs. So you have easy runs and fast runs and whatever, not like just burn yourself out. But I also hate it. Cause I think a lot of people are just like, Oh, well, like if I just run like 10 minute pace, then I can go to this 50 K and run six thirty pace the whole time. It's like, no, like no. if your body doesn't know how to run six thirty pace, for 50k it's not gonna be able to do it no matter how many slow miles you put in absolutely and even like I feel like even coming down okay so most people go up to elevation I've kind of had in my head I like coming down to sea level for workouts or like for a chunk of time just to get a faster turnover I feel like it'll make me it'll allow me to keep the speed that I do still have um which I can run fast in Colorado, but I feel like I can definitely go a little faster down here and I'm excited about it. I'll get my elevation training in the summer, but right now it's like, Ooh, let's take advantage of going a little faster. <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminds me of heat training too. Cause like 10 years ago or whenever I started running, I do a lot of my runs just simply because of work, like middle of the day and I live in the desert. So it's like, Oh, it's a yeah. hundred degrees. And I'm like, man, this sucks. Like I can't run fast, but it's like, if I would have done those runs in the morning or in the evening was a lot cooler, not in direct sun, my body would adapt to that pace better. And you can argue that heat training is good for you. And I'm sure it is, but like, it just comes down to like, if you can't run that pace in hot weather or cold weather, you just, you can't run that pace. And your body has to know how to run that pace. Yes. Or you're going to injure yourself when you try. Exactly. And I think just like a mix of all of it, like, yeah, I prefer not extreme conditions, but once in a while, if it happens, it's like, oh, well, we'll just count that as a heat training day or we'll count that as a cold weather day. But um, in general, it's like, yeah, I think the speed, I like to go for speed. Yeah, definitely. So have your workouts and stuff and volume changed at all since, say, leading to Tarwara or uh, Broken Arrow and stuff like that? Not really. Um, I, I, I was not like... I, Broken Arrow was totally winging it. I, <laughs> to be honest, I, I, um, that was a little risky of me, but that was awesome. I think Terawera, I was very, um, I, I knew what could happen after OCC. I was like, okay, fifty k is like no joke, especially having taken off most of December just because from the season and cold weather and blah blah blah. So like January, I was like, I have to start writing a lot and and I was actually kind of having some um uh plantar fasciitis early January and so it was a little tricky but I just in my head I was like it's okay just keep getting 
keep running what you can run but as like i have to get a 20 at least 20 25 mile run in before and that yeah two weeks before i um uh, out at mcdowell um where javelin is i ran a 25 mile run and yeah like that that just really and it was pretty fast i think it was like 650 pace and so that just calmed my mind i was like i can do this like um it's similar training and stuff but yeah but other than that my like training like leading up I haven't done much more volume but I will tell you going into OCC I'm thinking like the month of July yes I'm gonna have some work to do and I will (laughs) change some things up I think I'll add it you do at least two longer like three four hour runs of just yeah because I don't want to make the same mistakes, but I also don't want to start too early because I do a lot of short stuff. So I'm like, I don't want to be running three, four hour runs when I'm training for a VK. So that's what's hard about trying to do such a range of distances. It really changes throughout the year. Um, But yeah, that's what makes it fun too. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Like, honestly, I can't even imagine like trying to compete at say like a 5K or 10K. And then also jumping into a 50k because like to me i'm like okay if i'm not training specifically for something it's gonna suck and i noticed that i have to be very specific with everything and it's just like i can't even imagine just doing that i guess well yes thank you because again i think i don't think about things deep enough i'm like i'll be fine and then you realize oh maybe that was a little (laughs) rough but last year i mean it's not a road 5k but i did mount marathon the 5k in alaska it took like 45 minutes or so um straight up the mountain and down and so that was like all my training in april may and june the race was july 4th and then immediately i came home and was like all right it's fifth it's occ time to train and that transition just I me mean, it was fine it just didn't really ever happen is actually what i should say i just kind of was so into that mount marathon shorter training that i it's not that i was doing real short training but i I only did one 20 mile run in the two months and I don't think that was enough. <laughs> and so yeah. like, but yeah, having worked so hard for a short race and then having to like transition, I just think mentally I should have been stronger of like, no, this is how we're going to do it. I think I was just like, Oh, I'll wing it. Like I have the fitness. It'll carry me through. And I don't think that's, um, can't always rely on that. <laughs> <laughs> so then what are you gonna do differently for uh, OCC training as far as like fueling hydration and oh. um, workouts yes I would love to say I it really depends <laughs> on the weather it really depends on the weather like if it's that hot again I'm gonna have to like be real careful with water but um but even if it's not hot I think I know where the aid stations are I know the infamous aid station that I ran through because it's like halfway paved cruising along and it was like a couple miles after that that it was like oh no I've made a mistake <laughs> So I'll definitely like make sure either I'll have water through that aid station. And if not, I'll definitely fill up. Um, And then, you know, people are like, oh, you went out so fast. That I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it again. (laughs) Like That pace felt fine. I don't think it was that I went out too fast. I think it was just went too long without water because that actually happened twice. And I I think I was eating enough gels, but I think it was also the hours. It's not like, it's not like, yeah, like Tara Ware, it took three hours or I, and I've done two, three hour long runs. This race is like on average, like a really fast race would be six hours. 
it took me six and a half last year. And so just like at that five hour mark, it was about, I think is when it really hit me. So I'm like, I think I just need to get one or two really long days of training in. Um, and you know what I have done a little bit? I will say I did do this for Terrawera. I didn't run as far, but like I would do a workout and then I go straight to the gym and lift and maybe do core and just make it like I wasn't running for hours, but I just had like several hours of being like physically active. And I was like, mm, maybe this is long endurance training as well. <laughs> but yeah, instead of like splitting it up through the day, I would just try to go boom, boom, boom. And I, yeah, I might do some of those just to also, yeah, just being on your feet for a long time. Yeah, I do think there's a lot of benefit as far as endurance running to weightlifting. And I think it's really overlooked because like, oh, I just want to go run. Running's so much fun and the gym sucks. But it's like, well, if you go to the gym, you're probably going to have better days out in the mountains. Absolutely. And I, I'm sorry, as we talk, it makes me like things I should have said when you asked other questions. But yeah, talking about short distance stuff, one thing I added back in, I used to do it in high school and college and then kind of shied away from it. But last year, especially for Mount Marathon is a lot of eccentric stuff and box jumps and, and not just box jumps. I, I have these like special ones where it's like a short box and a high box and you uh, kind of jump off the short one hit and go straight up to the high one. And it actually feels really easy to do. It feels easier than just a still box jump, but the next couple of days you'll just like, your legs just like feel like dead when you run. Like it's not like they're sore. You just like, I'm like, Ugh, I just feel bad. But then it like, as time went on, I'm like, yeah, it was really, I think it was those. And I think it really made a difference in my explosiveness for uphill. Um, so kind of took a break, like when racing got busy in the fall, but um, yeah, I've started that back up and I'm excited to see, be consistent with it. Nice. Yeah. That sounds kind of like a, a brutal workout. To do those box jumps like I hate doing stuff like that because I'm always afraid I'm going to clip my toes and just like yes. plant it at the gym or your shin <laughs> yeah but if you go actually like right after your run again my runs are like eight miles usually on workouts on Tuesdays and so I'll try to go straight to the gym and so you're already warmed up and I realize like yeah I actually have a lot of bounce in my legs like if I go right after so that's that's nice yeah do you normally go to the gym then after like a, a workout session yeah um so I used to do it like work out and then go later in the afternoon but um lately here if if I take Harley with me on the run she's ready for like a nap and then so we'll just drive to the gym she'll take her nap I'll go do my lift and then we'll go eat somewhere usually yeah nice speaking of that then like I, I'm always really curious about people's diets because I don't know, for whatever reason, it's really fascinating to me. And like, everyone's so different, like, especially in the running world, it's like, oh, oh. keto, low carb, high carb, pure sugar, like whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you follow any sort of specific diet or you just kind of eat whatever? I, yeah, I don't follow anything. Um, I definitely have my like favorites and like go-to stuff. Um, I mean, I was like out of college, like pretty healthy, wanted to go all organic and stuff. And I realized like, it's just like, it's a lot of work and stress to like be picky like that for me. So yeah, no, I just, um, I don't have anything specific. I, I eat meat, I eat sugars, I eat, um, yeah, dairy, everything. Um, trying to think what, if I have any tips, my favorite breakfast, like I said, are yogurt and then acai bowls, which I can't make in the van. So I've been going around, uh, 
Arizona finding like my favorite acai bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, um, what's that company? Sambazon or something. It's like the purple yes. packaging. Don't they make like an acai mix you can just kind of freeze and then throw in a blender? Yeah. I think you're right. Well, so that's, I didn't bring my blender in the van, um, oh. <laughs> which I should have because I have electric. Oh, but I was in the Air Viper office and I thought they had a blender. I was like, oh, maybe I'll <laughs> just camp out in their kitchen. parking lot. <laughs> I know. I'm not even working. I'm just like, hey, can I use the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, Jamil, like, let me use the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm trying to think if there's anything interesting I could tell you that I like. Okay. I will say I love my cocktails and I guilt trip myself. <laughs> for a reason I don't know um I mean I do overdo it sometimes but like I feel like our culture looks at alcohol differently than a lot of other cultures and it's just kind of like ah it's bad for you and obviously you shouldn't overdo it and stuff but I kind of gotten this thing where it's like ah it's goes against my running and blah 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 but then I don't know it's milk uh vodka Kahlua and I started drinking those in Nashville a bunch. And all of a sudden, like, I didn't have as many injuries. Like, I haven't <laughs> had a bone injury since. And so the joke is like, oh, white Russians uh, um, cure stress fractures. But no, um, or like, <laughs> yeah. I, I say a white Russian a day keeps the stress fractures away. Um, but no, and then I go back and forth. But in the moment, I have a, like, pretty healthy mindset about it. I mean, I do drink during the week. But, like, even before races, like, the night before, I'd like to have one um and it just I, I race well usually and but more than that rather that I it helps me sleep and it calms the nerves and it's calorie dense and it tastes delicious and so that's kind of my like pre-race treat <laughs> that's funny I've you know Justin Grunewald right oh absolutely yeah yeah so we've chatted a lot about that and he always sends me these like articles about alcohol and like personally like I don't drink but he's always just like yeah, yeah it helps me sleep better and I race better the next day so I'm gonna have a beer pre-race or like the night before I should say and I was like it's so funny because he's very adamant about it like yeah it's like a like a PED almost <laughs> yeah yeah right <laughs> well and so and then when I'm around other runners like I've stayed in houses with like I stayed with the Solomon team up in Mount Marathon and stuff. And like, at first I kind of get not self-conscious, but I'm like, just seeing their healthy habits. Usually it makes me, then it makes me question like my own stuff, but I've learned to like, not compare, like, do you like, yeah, do you? And so it was really great though. Cause I specifically had a bottle of vodka and glue and would make it. And Max King, Max King, every time he was like, I'll take one too. I was like, thank you <laughs> like I feel so cool if you're drinking it then like I don't have to question myself <laughs> yeah if Max and is drinking actually, it you gotta have one yes and he actually won as well so I'm like all right maybe we have something going <laughs> <laughs> that's funny it is interesting like I don't know like how um what would be, like tribal people get maybe that's the right term about like nutrition and eating and everything it's like well like yeah I eat different than this person but it's like okay like as long as you're meeting your macros, that's like the base. And then there's obviously you can like nitpick things, but I think the base is like meeting your macros and hydration. Totally. And what I realized too is like, eat what makes you feel good. Like, like, mm -hmm. and, and only we know that. And if it like makes you excited and it tastes good, like don't not eat it. Like if it makes you feel good and you feel good on your run, I think it's just fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay, so let's talk to kind of wrap up here let's talk about um all your jumping and everything because oh, yes, <laughs> I, I know you love this a lot like base or maybe not base but like 
all these different types of jumping that you do. And like um, you and Dylan Harris did a little video recently to announce your signing with Hoka, which was really fun to see. And like, he was stoked about it. So let's talk a little bit about, um, yeah, jumping. Yeah, I don't know the I... correct terminology, so I apologize. Oh, no, all perfect. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll try to make the story quick of how I got into it. But then I actually went on a run with Grayson Murphy the other day or just yesterday. And she asked, she's like, what do you like about it? And like, I always stutter at first. I'm like, oh, gosh, what? Why am I into this? And then and then like all the answers like start coming to me. And um, a lot of it is not so much skydiving as much but definitely like learning to paraglide and then base jump it's it's scary and once you do it or like have done some of it it makes everything in life feel a little easier and I haven't been nervous at a running start race start line in a long time like like I used to get and I can kind of contribute it to skydiving like it's not a this isn't a base jump this isn't life and death like it's um yeah so I really like that. And you're so focused on stuff like that. Like our lives are so busy with social media and scattered and there's so much pulling your attention. But whenever I do those activities, running is similar, but not as intense as skydiving and paragliding because you're so focused. Um, even just for that 60 seconds of free fall, like you're not, I'm not thinking about anything else. Like we call it the matrix. It's like, you're in that area, that space. Um, and so I think it's like really like healthy and healing in a way. Um, but yeah, I got into it because in 2016, I had hip surgery, um, for a torn labrum. So I couldn't run for a while, but even when I healed, I just wasn't in the, like, my my I just wasn't into wanting to race or train very hard and so I kind of I did a bunch of other stuff and I went on a dirt bike trip to Moab with a friend and we met some base jumpers and they let us hike up with them and got to watch them and I was just so enthralled and I was like how do I get into this and um they're like well you should probably learn to skydive first and so early 2017 I did my first jump took skydiving courses and and I've been a skydiver ever since um yeah like six years ago now um seven years maybe and I still haven't base jumped but because like I I was enthralled enough with skydiving skydiving enough um and I would be like I would want to base jump but then it would scare me and um yeah so like skydiving was awesome but um I'm finally this year learning to paraglide I'm gonna learn to base jump um next month and yeah we'll see where it takes me but um it's just a really nice diversion of like especially when running if running's going well, it's awesome. If running's not going well, I have another community and activity that I can that I can participate in. Even like with injuries, you can usually skydive pretty well unless it's like a really bad one. <laughs> That's a good point. I think it is important to like have things in your life other than running. Cause it's like if all you do is associate your life with running, like like you're saying you get injured, then it's like, well, my life sucks, everything's miserable. It's like, no, there still are other really awesome things in life besides running so much so much and like and they go hand in hand a lot of the places I've been traveling like in Chamonix I can go pair like there's paragliders everywhere so I love when they go hand in hand but mostly what you said and I don't want to like admit I'm one of those people who like run away from the community when it's not going well for me but I've learned like if I'm if I am really injured or something it's hard it is hard for me to be around like I still love all the people and I still will come around but I definitely need something to go be wild at <laughs> and um and so to always have like have that stuff and be around people who like don't even care like if you're running or not like it's it's 
it's a great outlet. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it seems like a very healthy balance because like whenever I get injured or something or I'm just like burned out and running, I get on Instagram and I'm just like, oh, everybody's running. Everyone's having a good time. And here I am having a pity party for myself. And so you got to kind of branch away from that. Yes. And, and, yo, know, gosh, yeah. And Sky, it's hard. But and then Sky, I mean, just like, I think running will always be my first love, but I get pretty darn high, like off a day of skydiving. Like it's, <laughs> and, and I love film and I do, I like to film both sports, but like editing and filming skydiving stuff is one of my favorites. And um, so yeah, that's another outlet I have is film. And yeah, so those three things. I can nice. just bounce from <laughs> and like I am pretty immersed in running right now like I pray every day that it keeps going well but I've been able to sprinkle in all my other activities just fine yeah no, that's a good balance because it's like there are so many people it's like all they do is run it's like okay like go run and they watch like training videos and coach <laughs> and it's like come on like there's more to life than just running like like I, I love running don't get me wrong but like that's all you think about and that's very like I don't know, myopic view, I guess, of the world. I get kind of, I would get burned out. And, yeah. and for the people who don't, like, awesome for them. But I I need, um, I'm a very spacey person. I need all the things <laughs> to keep me entertained. <laughs> That's how I feel, too. It's like, I'm like, oh, my God, I just focus on running. But then I'm like, I want to go bikepacking. And I want to go canyoneering. And I want to do this. And it's like, well, then I'm not good at anything. But it's also really That's fun. Okay. So <laughs> I know it's like the the jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. But and I always say I'm like oh, one of the most like depressing things in life is that there's not enough time to get good and do all the things we want to do. <laughs> totally agree. Okay. <laughs> we can nice. still try a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, you can try them and, and enjoy them, right? Yeah, and real quick, I will add to that. I think that's one thing about like base jumping and paragliding well not so much paragliding but base jumping is like to do it in a safe manner you really should have 200 skydives which I have but like not everyone does that but it's like I've come so far in skydiving and like it's been a long road and so it's like why not like a very small percentage of people have the opportunity to learn to base jump because you have to go through this big road to get there and it's like I've already like given six years of my life to get to this point like let's let's keep going um so yeah, yeah totally well on that note uh, let's wrap it up we've been going for a minute and i got stuff to do i don't know about you but sounds great <laughs> <laughs> awesome so where can people find you online um mostly instagram's my favorite um it's ali mc3 cool and i'm assuming you're on strava and everything then too i am i don't post that much on there but i think um yeah it would just be under Ally Mac and yeah I post fun stuff I don't post every single run but I'll post fun <laughs> ones <laughs> nice that sounds awesome cool well um it's good to catch up and um as long as you're in Arizona we'll have to go for a run soon or something totally I'll stay in touch yeah I'll see if I can keep up with you I don't know if I can uh, keep up with your easy pace <laughs> <laughs> we can we can get you in that shorter distance mindset <laughs> yeah let's do that <laughs> all right awesome Ally we'll uh, we'll talk thank soon thank you Derek